Hey, Jason here. Today's video, we're going to do an analysis of, or I'm going to show you an analysis I did of a private business that I was recently going after. I'll show you exactly what I, my thoughts were, what I saw in the financials, um, why they, why those things caught my eye, and much more in today's video. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this video as a podcast anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms: Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. This is part of the I Love Value Investing podcast anywhere in the world for free. If you like this video and other videos, make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell here on YouTube to be notified every time we release new video or release new videos all the time. Okay, a little bit of a disclaimer here. Again, I don't want to do this. I have to do this because every time I don't, I get nasty comments. I was personally looking to buy this company uh, about two months ago for myself and some investors that, I work, that I'm working with. We did not buy the company. Um, I'll get into why in, in this video. Um, but I do have an NDA with the company, which is why I have scratched out their information. I will not use any proprietary information they shared with me. Um, I will not talk about any of that kind of stuff because of that NDA and to respect their privacy. But what we'll get into, the numbers. Um, and that's what you're going to see here. Okay. Okay. So again, the only things I've redacted from these are right here, the company's name. Um, okay, so I'm going to go over this exactly how I went over this, or I'm going to try to, because again, I've gone over these quite a bit. So I'm going to try to go over these um, as I did when I first saw them. First thing I noticed here, December 31st, 2019. When I first started looking at this company, it was like June 2021. These are not their most up-to-date up -date financials. Uh, these are their almost at this point, as of this recording in August, late August 2021, almost two-year-old financial statements. That's not a good thing. <laughs> you need the most recent financial statements to base the company on what it's valued now. And then, in my opinion, then you go back and read the other financial statements to kind of get a clearer picture over time, what the company's done, has revenue increased over time, um, have their strategic plans worked out, have they bought assets, or have they bought equipment, stuff like that. Have their costs gone up? Have their costs gone down? Have their profits gone up? Have their crop, uh, profits gone down? All that kind of stuff. But first, you need the most up-to-date financial statements. This company would not give me those <laughs> under any circumstance unless <clears throat> and until I signed a letter of intent. That letter of intent to buy a business, um, to buy a private business, does not put you under legal agreement to buy the business but legal contractual agreement to buy the business but it is a major step towards buying a business so i will get back to what happened with that after we talk about the numbers but that's the first thing i noticed when i saw these is these are at that point about a year and a half old which means they're not accurate especially in last year's time which was covid they're in the financial services industry which to a large degree was hit pretty decently, um, especially what they were working on, working on, which again, I'm not going to say their name. I'm not going to say exactly what their business was, but their their division was hurt um, or their, their industry was hurt specifically by COVID. Um, so them not showing me their 2020 financial statements was already a red flag just from the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight words, nine, uh, 10 words including the name of the company, um, <laughs> red flag right there. 
if they're not going to show you the most update up-to-date financials without setting a letter of intent that is a red flag um, because again i frankly i'll just never do that um, assets they have a ton of assets in the bank um, doesn't say what those bank assets are though are they cash are they cash equivalents are they short-term investments what are these um, these financials are not great uh, as we'll go the, through them you'll see them more but you'll see this a lot with private companies too is their financials are not great they're not kind of categorized like categorized like um, public company stocks are but this one again assumption this is cash so 3.6 million dollars in cash um, that's a good thing uh, I think the company was selling for three and a half four million dollars memory serves me right and um, so that's again I was like holy crap that's that's awesome um, but again this was from 2019 you have to keep that in mind throughout this entire thing 2019 numbers and their business was hit to a large degree in during COVID um, Convertible debt, they have $500,000 in convertible debt. I wanted to know what that was, uh, what that's from, all that. Their financial services company, they did not own the building um, that they were in. They were renting it, so that's why their PP&E is so low. Um, they did own a building overseas, um, but that I don't think was on here as part of this. So another thing that was confusing me about this company is I've read thousands, tens of thousands of pages of financial reports over the years, over the last 15 or so years. And that includes probably dozens, maybe hundreds of different business models. So I know various industries, I know various business models um, very well. I can tell within, if I have all the financial statements and they're properly done, I can tell within 30 seconds of reading the entire uh, financial statements whether I want to invest in the company or not. This company, I read through their financial reports they sent me um, and private company reports are shorter. I think this was like 20 pages combined that they sent me, uh, maybe 25 tops. So a lot shorter. So I read through them three times and I was still confused on the business model. Again, red flag number two. If you've read a ton of ton of financial statements, ton of financial reports, you've evaluated a ton of companies and you are still confused by their business model after reading through their report several times, that's a massive red flag. Um, why am I saying that now when we're looking at the balance sheet? Because again, you have to keep in mind that they're a financial services company, but they had three or four different operations in that um, company. Again, I can't get into that for NDA reasons, but all of them, uh, three out of the four were hit pretty severely by COVID. Oh, and again, 2019 numbers. <laughs> These are not 2020 numbers. Um, so that's why I wanted to give you that context as well before we go on. That's also why their liabilities, these are incorrect, by the way, <laughs> their liabilities, they have liabilities. They are not on here. You'll see they're come up with zeros here on their balance sheet. That is not correct. <sighs> we got that clarified from them um, later. But again, the company shows that they have zero liabilities. That is another red flag because companies always have some kind of liabilities, even if it's minor. There's something, there's payroll, there's taxes, there's interest, there's there's um, equipment, there's properties, there's something they have to pay for. Um, but they have a zero here on their balance sheet. Okay, now we're on the P&L or the um, profit and loss statement uh, for private companies. Um, this is akin to the income statement for public companies. Okay, revenue just under 3 million, 
cost of sales just over 1 million. So their gross profit is 1.8 million. That's pretty good, right? However, operating expenses are gigantic, 1.4 million. So their income um, from operations is still, even with that, pretty good in 2019. I look for anything above 10% income from operations. This is operating income or EBIT for public stocks. I look for anything above 10%. Um, and this is what, 12, 15%, something like that off the top of my head. Um, we can't look at my actual, I tried to bring up my actual um, analysis reports, but I had the company's name and information all over my notes. So <laughs> that's why we're kind of doing it this way because I can't show my actual calculations um, on anything. Um, but so that's pretty good. 12 to 15%, that's pretty good. The reason I said their operating expenses are gigantic here is because, again, they're a financial services company, consulting company. Um, they shouldn't have a huge amount of operating expenses. This margin, although good, should be higher. I've evaluated consulting companies um, in various industries, uh, public stocks. They have anywhere between 15 and kind of 40% operating margins depending on what exactly they do, how much consulting they do, how much other stuff they do, advisory stuff. Um, do they do kind of get their hands dirty, quote unquote, and get into the operations of the business? It depends, but typically it's 15 to 40%-ish. This is at the far low end of, the, of that range. So that is another thing to watch here. Um, again, even though it's a good overall margin here, again, I look for anything above 10% on a consistent basis, but you also have to keep in mind the industry as well. These operating expenses should not be that high for a consulting-based uh, company. Net profit, okay. This is something you'll see on uh, private businesses uh, income statements. Owners, income attributable to owners of parent company, non-controlling interest. So owners of parent company, that's the owners, non-controlling interest, that's like a um, subsidiary, um, another investor maybe, uh, joint venture, um, but this money, so their net profit and their operating profit up here in 419000 in 2019 was distributed to these people based on these ratios. So this means the owners of the company likely owned a larger percent of the company. These investors or whoever these people are owned a smaller percentage of the company. What does that mean for the actual business operations? That depends on the actual structure. So this says it is attributable to these people, but that doesn't mean it was necessarily, necessarily distributed to these people. Maybe some of this money was spent back on growing the company. Maybe all of it was taken out and these people were buying yachts, um, jets. I, I don't know. Again, we didn't get that far into negotiations and I'll keep going through why as to why. But this is something you'll see at private companies. Um, this uh, not chart, this part of the chart here you'll see at private companies and it means that these people based on the percentage of the company they own, own XYZ percent of the income. But again, you need to figure out what that money is going to. Is it going to reinvest in the company? Is it going to yachts? Is it going to something that's doesn't help the business grow? Is it growing the business? Um, all these things are going to research and development. What, what is happening with this money? You want to find out um, from, again, from the company themselves, from the cash flow statement, from whatever, whatever information you can get from them. Okay, I'm gonna make this bigger. Oops, what just happened? So I'm gonna make this a little bit bigger. 
Again, sorry about the kind of weird formatting here. I had to uh, take screenshots of these pictures and so I can make, mark out the names. So that's why you see the weird formatting. Okay, so why did I highlight this number? Here, 197,568. Why did I highlight that number? Because it's a massive drop from 2018 numbers. They had uh, just under 3 million in profit total in 2018 for the, um, where am I looking? Okay, so that's, okay. So they had just under $3 million in 2018 in profit. In 2019, that fell to 1.2 million. That's a gigantic drop. I want to know what happened there. Um, I also want to know, again, I want to keep this in mind because this is 2019. So what happened in 2020 when their businesses were hit even harder by COVID? Were they even profitable at all in 2020? My guess would be no. Um, and that's probably why they didn't want to show the, that information because that would lower the valuation of their company. Um, however, I think that's frankly kind of wrong because if somebody's going to sign up and buy the company, they're going to find that out anyways. So why not just kind of put all your cards on the table, so to say. Um, okay, yeah, we had a rough 2020. A lot of people did. This order doing to bounce back, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, again, this goes back to being able to trust um, managers that I talk about quite a bit in my videos that a lot of other people don't. You have to figure out if you can trust management. Um, this is a sign that they wouldn't give me the 2020 numbers that I probably shouldn't, um, even though the overall numbers look okay to pretty good. Um, okay, so here's where we get to some of the actual financials. Cost of sales. I highlighted all of these in cost of sales. Direct cost, 415,000, transfer agent fees, 184,000, direct marketing, 272,000, um, contract labor, 208,000. Again, um, my yard guys are here, so I apologize for the sound. Hopefully you can't hear that. And I apologize if you can, but I highlighted all of these. These equal 1.081 uh, million combined. Why did I highlight every single one of these? Because again, they're a financial service company based on consulting, at least that was my thought. Again, I'll talk about that in a second. Based on their confusing financials, I thought they were a consulting company first, which is why I highlighted all of these, because if you're a consulting company, you don't need most of these costs over here. Um, direct costs, that could be payroll, so maybe that. Transfer agent fees, you don't really need that. Direct marketing, you don't need a ton of that if you're a really good consultant. Um, and contract labor. If you were doing the work yourself, you don't need that. So about three quarters of this, you don't need as a consulting company. So that's why I highlighted all these because I wanted to ask the broker what these specifically were. Okay, and then we get down here, direct cost. Again, consulting company, assuming maybe that's payroll. That is not because office wages are down here at $335,000. Then they have subcontractor expenses for another fifty-one thousand. Rent rent is gigantic. The rent is gigantic. They do operate out of a kind of ritzier area of Florida, though, so that's somewhat understandable. Telephone expenses, <laughs> hundred forty-four thousand dollars in telephone expenses. That made zero sense to me. Um, and I'll get to what this is shortly, uh, because I found out what this is. 
repair and maintenance again why is it fifty thousand dollars they lease the building why are they why are their fees so high there uh freight and courier charges i didn't highlight that here but i'm seeing it here nineteen thousand dollars almost twenty thousand dollars in freight and courier charges marketing expenses almost two hundred fifty two thousand dollars vehicle expenses Serbia office expense. I'll explain what that is in a second. Office general, others, others. <laughs> Whenever you see this catch-all category on either public company financials or private business financials, you need to figure out what this number is, especially if it's large. Um, uh, yes, it's a catch-all category, but again, it shouldn't be a catch-all category. It sh you should know what these numbers are if you're looking to buy the business. Um, like I am already looking to invest in the business and become an owner of the business like you're looking for a stock. So all of these that are highlighted and the repair and maintenance make no sense to me. Other ones kind of to a degree do, but again, as a consulting company, keeping that in mind, which is what I thought they were, most of these costs make little sense, which gets to their total cost that we already talked about just under 1.4 million, making no sense as a consulting company. Um, okay, now we get back to P&L stuff. And that's all I can show you, frankly. Again, their name is all over everything. So let me scroll back up. So what did I find out about this business? And why did I not go after it? Okay. So I didn't go after this business for several reasons. I was confused on the business model. Um, the margins were not great. Even though, honestly, I was very excited when I first saw this. I was like 15%, 12, 15% operating margins and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. But the more I kept digging into the and doing the initial due diligence, um, the more flags started coming up. The not wanting to give me the 2020 financial numbers, the um, some of the other stuff I talked about. And it turns out their business model and their financials were so confusing that I didn't even have their business model correct. Most of their expenses didn't seem like they would make sense for a consulting company. So I asked the broker, I was like, what are these expenses? I'm, I'm so, I'm, and I told him, I was like, this is one of my advantages is, yes, I've been doing this for a long time, 15 years, but I don't mind asking dumb questions and looking stupid. So I asked the broker, I got him on the phone. I said, I'm sorry, I'm, I've read these financials three or four times now. I'm confused on what this company does. Um, what what is their business model? Is it consulting? That's to my understanding, it's consulting based on the financials. Um, so these costs don't make sense to me. Can you clear this up for me? Consulting was part of it, but it was the back end. The front end was sales outreach through a call center in Serbia, which is what that Serbian office expense is. And then from there, then they did consulting, then they did other stuff. When I heard that, I was like, seems backwards to me. Should be, become a great consultant, then kind of do the other stuff from there. So the model seemed backwards to me, um, but that's why their costs were so high for a what I thought was a consulting company. They're not an actual consulting company. They were a, a direct marketing, um, cold outreach, um, phone sales company first with consulting and other stuff on the back end. Um, and that's fine but with the other stuff and the financials that I can't even show you um, there's a huge amount of debt on the company and as well 
um, from the owners not doing things that they should have been doing with the money of the company. Um, they essentially, from my view, looked like they were pulling a ton of money out of the company, not reinvesting it. And they were also putting debt on the company and not investing the capital well because they were doing it on their other businesses that I found during, during um, my continued due diligence. I found they owned other businesses outside of this as well. So they weren't bleeding the company dry, I wouldn't say that. But they're taking maximum amount of capital out of this business to fund their other businesses. And COVID hit all of their businesses, so they're trying to get out and raise cash. In my opinion, that's what was happening. Because of that, and because of the convoluted nature of the financials, um, all the information not being there, I had to kind of ask about all this, all these, all these things, and find out about it. And essentially, what I was going to be doing, me and my partners and investors, we were going to be doing. If we were to buy the company, we were taking on their debt, their problems at their price that they wanted to sell at. Um, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> frankly. Um, I, I'll take on a business. I'm not going to take on problems. I'm not going to take on bad debt because you got yourself in the situation. Um, they wouldn't negotiate on the price, and frankly, I didn't even uh, I didn't even negotiate on the price with them. Um, I didn't get to that stage. Because the more I dug, the more problems I kept coming up with. And I just, again, this is my number one rule in stock investing, in investing in private businesses, investing in um, commercial real estate, investing in anything. If I can't trust managers at the company, I don't buy, um, no matter what. And in this situation, I couldn't trust that they had anyone's best interest at heart at the company. Because again, it looked like they were taking all the capital out to use it to other businesses. And then they were putting debt on top of that. And they weren't paying back the debt. And then they were wanting a new owner to kind of take on the debt, to take on all these problems that they, to a degree, created. Um, and again, Warren Buffett buys businesses, but he doesn't necessarily take on problems. Um, that's I want to go out to that same model. I want to buy businesses, but I don't want to take on massive problems, especially if they were created by the previous owner. Um, and that's what they wanted in this case. Um, so I stopped going after the business, um, notified the broker. Um, he sent a one word response. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not, we're not interested in the, in the company anymore. If you have any more companies that you want us to take a look at, let us know. And he said, okay, thanks. That was it. No, no, no further response, nothing. Um, so that was that going after other companies. Um, and again, if you like these videos, I've done that one now on a commercial real estate property I was looking at uh, buying, and now this one on a private businesses, uh, private business that I'm looking to buy with my investors and uh, some partners. And if you like these kind of business, uh, if you like these kind of videos about private businesses, commercial real estate stuff other than stocks, let me know in the comments below because um, I'm going to kind of gauge this based on views, based on watch time, based on comments, based on engagement, whether we continue doing these videos or not. If you find them interesting or not. Um, if not, I'm, that's fine with me, and I'll keep doing stock videos. But I got a couple request from people in our Facebook group specifically, Value Investing Journey Facebook group, to do analysis of commercial real estate. Um, and since I'm doing both commercial real estate and private businesses, I figured we'd do this as well. So hope you found something um, useful here. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if I missed something, if I should explain something better, let me know in the comments below. Again, if you want me to do more analysis videos like this, let me know in the comments below as well.
if you're looking to sell a business, let me know. I'm looking actively looking to buy businesses right now and commercial real estate. If you know somebody who's looking to sell a business for their retirement, they just want to sell, they want to do something else, let me know. I really appreciate it because again, I have investors who are looking to actively buy businesses right now. Um, same thing with commercial real estate. If you're looking for more specific help on how to use these skills from value investing that I um, that I showed you just how to use in private business and commercial real estate, make sure to check out our information below. Um, you can get our five free gifts. You can also get a free PDF copy of our guide, uh, our, my book, How to Value Invest, and a free PDF copy of our guide, Seven Tips to Pick and Trade Stocks Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those for free at the links below. And again, you can use these not just evaluating stocks like most people think, you can also use them to evaluate private businesses, commercial real estate, and more. You can use the skills of value investing and knowledge of value investing to make money multiple different ways. If you're looking for more specific help on me on how to become a better investor, make sure to check out our newly relaunched masterclass below, which I'm super excited about. And um, you can get more information about that in the links below. But until next time, have a great day. Talk soon.